football season isn't going the way we wanted to. Some things you can't rely on. Some things you can't trust. Marcos Garza is not one of those things. I'm proud to partner with him for the Reeds Ranch podcast. If you find yourself or a loved one or a friend needing legal representation this football season, do the smart thing. Trust the Garza Law Firm. He won't let you down. He won't overthrow you. He won't underthrow you. He'll just throw it to you. 865-540-8300. That's the phone number. Online 24-7 at GarzaLaw.com. GarzaLaw.com, 865-540-8300. East Tennessee's premier DUI defense lawyer, criminal defense lawyer, and personal injury lawyer. Before you say guilty, say Garza. I mean, this is the last stand. You're listening to The Unfiltered. Well, I hate to say I told you so. There's nothing to be done besides to get on Twitter and tweet to all my dumbass followers. (laughs) But I told you so. Hey, I told you so. The controversial. He's a dumbass. He can't do math. He's an idiot. He gets his hair cut at Walmart. Look at that shitty haircut. The realest podcast in the Southeast. Let the dogs loose. <laughs> Let the goons be goons. 11 in a row. 11 in a row. 11 in a row. Enough. <laughs> 38 in a row. As in 38 on this point when we were whipping that ass. Ranch gang, stand up. The holy war is upon us. Welcome to Reed's Ranch, the podcast with Seth Hughes. Like, just quit acting like this is any fun at all. All right. It is that time of the week. For a little bit on Saturday, I thought we were going to have a joyous, Wednesday night spaces. I thought we were going to come here and celebrate. Vibes. Vibes were high at halftime. Saw some of you down there. It's good to see you. I know that you thought we were going to see history too. Instead, the second half, we saw a historically bad second half. Where our offense not only got shut out, it also gave up seven points. You lost to Alabama 27 to nothing in the second half. Through seven games, you are five and two. And now we look towards the backstretch and a game against Kentucky that is gross. Very, very, very gross. It's one of those worst situations in sports. I hate them. One where you don't really gain much from winning, but it's going to feel like you lose everything if you lose. Last I checked, Tennessee, only three and a half point favorites, which kind of tells you, that Kentucky hasn't been great so far this year either. Feels like months ago that they were being hyped up and the Missouri-Kentucky game was seen as a potential playoff game, according to our friend SEC Mike. They've been kind of an afterthought, yet here they are on Saturday with a chance to really put you 
in a bad spot. And if you're Tennessee, if you beat them, well, that's what you're supposed to do. If you lose to them, oh, God. Oh, God. Waiting on Seth to hop in. Not sure if he will. So uh, phone lines, X lines, whatever the hell this is. Request line is open if you want to talk. If you want to yell at me, save it. I don't feel like being yelled at. If you want to yell about the balls, that's what we're here for. If you want to be happy about the balls, if you want to lick your salt block and tell me that the sky isn't falling and that we would usually kill to be five and two, you could tell me that too. You could tell me that too. I'll allow it. I'll try not to yell at you. Let's see. I got Seth requesting. Uh, you should be there, Seth. I invited you to co-host and uh, made you a speaker. So you there? Yeah, it, 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 it drives me crazy that it doesn't go through the first time. Every time I have to do it twice. Every time. How are you tonight? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Watch Survivor with my mother. No spoilers. I haven't watched it yet. No spoilers. It's a good episode, as have, usual. Have they confirmed why or, or talked about why they're, they're 90 minutes this year? Is it because of the writer strike? It has to be because of the writer strike. Because at first when they told me they were going to be 90 minutes, I was like, okay, that's cool. More Survivor. But every episode I find myself like, okay, get on with it. Let's get to the point. So I was just thinking it had to be the writer strike. Because there's yeah. no way they saw this cast with this season. It's like, hey, this needs to be longer because it sucks so far this year. You're kind of going through the motions. It doesn't quite feel like Survivor. Kind of like how I haven't felt like we've really been watching Josh Heifel's offense. There's a parallel there. All right, let's get it started. If you, uh, if you have listened to Reed's Ranch podcast this week, you probably got a good idea how Seth feels. If not, we'll get through it. We'll get to it the rest of this show. But let's get rolling with the speakers. Blue Moon Vol, you're up first. Blue Moon Vol, who predicted a 35-17 to 17 win at Tuscaloosa. It's all so dumb. <laughs> Every fucking bit of it is so dumb. I, had, I laid in bed for two nights thinking of shit I was going to say and bitch and moan. But it comes down to simple one simple decision. This fucking quarterback I told y'all about two years ago. It's, it's, uh, it is 88% of the problems go away if that man can step on attack and have to hit a shot, a tetanus shot this weekend. Simple. I mean, there is, there's not that much to argue about. Put this some bitch on the bench, or I probably won't watch. Well, I'll watch, but fuck. We'll hate watch. We'll hate watch. Hate I, watch, you know. I'm not going to bring up the quarterback tonight. I'm going to let yeah, you Yeah, that's all I'm, I'm done with. It. You can't. It's like Garitano. You you can only blame him for being shitty for so long until you're like, you know what? He's not putting himself out there. So My thoughts have been made clear. We've talked about it on the Reeds Ranch podcast. I've talked about it all week on Talk Sports 12 to 3 on Fox Sports Knoxville. You guys have at it. You know, BMV, you – you voice your displeasure with the quarterback. That's fine. I'm just not going to partake. My thoughts have been made clear. This is a venting session 
for all of you. 35 oh, to 17. 35 to 17 is what you told me. You told me that's what the score was going to be. And I got to be I honest. I hit the score on the head. I, I got to be honest. When it was 20 to 7, I thought, okay, maybe you're onto something. For the first half, you look pretty damn smart. You know, I asked. All I asked was for 250 yards, and the summit gave me that just about on the money. Well, apparently, you need a little bit more than that to win on the road in the SEC. Well, I, I talked about. I don't know if we talked about the spaces, but at least on the radio show, I said, like, to me, man, this offense and this game, you have to, you have to look at red zone efficiency. And Tennessee had been really, really bad against Texas A&M on, you know, in red zone efficiency. <laughs> And it reared its head again. Tennessee had the ball three times inside of Alabama's 10. Three times. They didn't punch them in. Yeah, you, got, you, you can't kick field goals. I mean, it doesn't – you know, Joe's going to win this weekend. We're not going to lose to fucking Missouri. So, I mean, it doesn't matter. It's going to come – you know, he'll win two in a row. And, you know, all like you said, the sheep will be back in. Well, we can win the East maybe. And then George is going to probably whip our ass. Or it'll be one of them games where you're never completely out of it, but you're not really in it either. So just hope to God we get to a fucking decent ball game, and this some bitch wants to go to you know prep for the draft <laughs> and put the kid in. That's that's it. I mean, there's nothing to say. I'm just sitting here waiting on Wimby. It's, it's Wimby truly to come on. so indefensible because there have been so many games when you looked at the schedule. Where you thought, okay, Nico is going to get a lot of time, and he hadn't—he yeah. hadn't got any. It's so indefensible. I, John, you don't—you might not talk about the quarterback. That's fine. You got—you got to talk about it five days a week. I'm going to talk about the quarterback. I, How about it? It's malpractice to roll Joe Milton out there as a starter Saturday. It is. It's a kick in the dick of everybody and every fan out there. Well, you know, but but the sad thing is, a lot of them want him starting. You know, there there it's a majority that want to see that some bitch play. And I just I want to shake the fuck out of them when they say that. Like I don't understand it. Well, there's a lot of people. There's a lot of people that look, and you know they look and they see wins and losses and. It's been one of the hypocrisies that I found myself being mad about. That's been the theme of the week for me is hypocrisy because, you know, last two weeks ago, you you beat Texas A&M. So many people said, hey, don't look at the box score. It doesn't matter that your quarterback was 11 for 22. It doesn't matter that your offense only scored one touchdown because, hey, you won the game and we are in the win and loss business. Either you win or you lose. And now this week, those people are saying, look, 300 total yards, two touchdowns. Come on. he didn't, Come on. He didn't throw any interceptions. Look at the stats. He played good. The same people told you last week or two weeks ago that all that mattered was winning and losing. But now we're like, hey, 300 yards. You, you know, a small part of me is glad that he hasn't put Nico in. Could you imagine if he did get in like a, a fourth quarter here or there and look good? But then still continue to play Joe Milton. That would that would make me even madder than that. It's, it, it, Just, it, you're right. Leave that some bitches pads in the locker room if you're not going to play. It's going to tilt me to the highest of heavens if he decides like against Missouri second half we're going to make the change and Nico goes out there and just balls. Yeah, I'll just I'll peel my own skin off and hang myself with it. 
Well, I disagree. I, I, I will be happy if he comes out too. and balls. I will be happy too. It's just going to be like, are you kidding me? If that's the case, then we will all say that it took 11 weeks for him to get ready or 10 weeks or whatever it is because but, but now's the time. Now's the time. And there's still time. There's still time this season to make this season valuable. Anything else, BMV? Any thoughts on Kentucky? No, we're going to whip their ass. We always do. We don't lose up there. I do want to get your thoughts on what do you, what do you think about uh, Whitby tonight? I think he's an alien. I mean, I think he's going to come out there and look like a little goofy, but he's going to block like three shots. He's going to block a couple three-pointers. He's going to hit a couple pull-up threes, and you're going to convince yourself that he's the next Tim Duncan and, and that Popovich is the GOAT again, despite – No, there will never be another Tim Duncan. This guy might be better than Tim Duncan if he's as good as they're saying. I'm excited. I'm locked into uh, call back for NBA talking about an hour and a half. Gotcha. If I get pissed off of these people, I'm going to jump in and cuss them. So bring me back in later. All right, let's keep it rolling. Uh, let's move through our, uh, let's see, Sloth, high dollar patron gets to move to the front line. <laughs> Davey, I believe you're up next. What's up, Sloth? What's up, buddy? What's up, Seth? What's up, Sloth? How you boys doing? Better now. I've been pissed off all week, I'll be honest, Sloth. I've, I've been pretty mad all week. I've, I've been trying to flush it out, but I keep finding myself getting angry. I've been focused on my children. <laughs> it's good. The same children that I saw you bet let's your life. Not, let's, let's, not, let's, not talk, let's not talk about that. That was a mistake. Fair enough. <clears throat> Feeling a little under the weather tonight, boys. Got a little woke up. You know, we. You know when you wake up and you're like, "Oh shit, here here comes a cold." It's just that feeling you got. You know. Mm-hmm. Sipping on a little bit of Grandpa's old cough medicine, aka White Claw Premium Vodka. White Claw, that's what, that's what my grandpa said. He said when he was in Vietnam, he smoked Lucky Strikes, and he drank White Claw premium vodka. As any that's... red-blooded American would. And that's that's what brought him home. I got a belly full of red beans and rice that my beautiful Bamagrad wife made me. And I got a I got a house full of little boys, John. The whole team bus. They left Tuscaloosa and they pulled straight up to the center. Sloss Manhood Center. The whole team bus pulled up. You're now housing eighty five individuals. It's a refugee camp, John. <laughs> It looks like the border of Israel and Egypt. I can't make beds fast enough. Hell, Josh Heupel himself is loitering outside. He's stuffing his his fat little face with chicken fingers, asking when we're going to be done. Fuck, Josh, I don't want to have to do your job for you. You guys talk about 
like it, like it's gonna be an episode of Survivor. Hell, we got an episode of Scared Straight going on here. <laughs> I'm worried about keeping these boys out of prison. Be careful. Not not not, not nothing to do with demographics, John. Yeah. <laughs> it's out of pure stupidity. I don't think you have to worry about a lot of aggression coming from the team after what I saw in the second half. I don't know. I don't know how many dogs we got on the roster at this very moment. We got we got one or two dogs. Hey, and they're making we got a couple known. We got a couple. James Pierce Jr. I saw him uh, slipping bars of soap into a tube sock earlier. He he's he's been ordered to commence the code red at will. Motivational speaker lined up uh, for Friday, John. We're gonna have a little fun on Friday. I got a little motivational. Would you like to know who it is? I, I'll tell you who it is. I, I got Inky Johnson coming by, but he's not gonna say a damn word. You want to talk about stare at it? I'm gonna make Joe Milton and Inky Johnson stand nose to nose, and Joe Milton's gonna stare at Inky Johnson because Inky Johnson could be five and two right now with that pool noodle arm. He's got a wacky, wavy, inflatable arm, two man for an arm, and he could be five and two. That seems like it's in poor taste. Well, he's a good motivational speaker. <laughs> bad, bad form. Bad he form. is a good motivational speaker. That is true. And I think your point that almost any quarterback in the country would be five and two against the schedule. I do think it's accurate. I do think it's accurate. And, I, you know, I do think that through seven games, this is the second easiest schedule we've had in 35 years, according to Stats by Will. And, you know, so far, our best win is either 2-5 and five South Carolina or Texas A&M, who has lost eight straight games on the road and has a backup quarterback. So, yes, I do think almost anyone could be 5-2 and two against the schedule. I told I told the boys to go watch some game film. Tim Banks is looking at Playboys in the bathroom, and I go in there, and Joe Milton is watching the DVD screensaver. He's been doing that for three hours. The little little DVD icon bouncing across the screen. He looked at me, said he was waiting for it to hit the corner. <laughs> This is not a serious program right now. Yeah, Elijah Herring really said the quiet part out loud after the game. How how does he say that? I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know how you say that. Why is he even up at the podium? How do you say that? How has that not been walked back? Just claim it's been taken out of context. How is how have none of those things happened? How do you get there and say, yeah, halftime, you know, they kind of thought we had already won the game. These dudes really thought that they had beaten the greatest coach of all time. That he time. was just going to tuck his tail and lay down at halftime because he was down 13 points to this to this team. 
well, it's over. The dynasty is dead. Now, I will say the energy in the stadium did kind of say that a lot of their fans thought the same thing, but the fans ain't the ones suiting up. The players can't admit that they were like, well, good job, guys. Let's go out here and just uh, run the ball, run the clock out. Let's go back home with a victory. I cannot believe that that was said out loud. I didn't even see what he said. What did he say? He basically said they thought the game was over at halftime. They thought they'd already won. Yeah, Elijah Herring said they thought they won. Yeah, Joe Joe was shooting bows and arrows at himself in the mirror at, at, for 20 minutes at halftime. <sighs> that man acts like an airplane more than I do, and I'm a fucking pilot! <laughs> <laughs> Well, the good news I, is he would act like a pilot more if we scored more touchdowns, so at least he's got that going for him. Hey, hey, listen, I, I've got, you know, B&B mentioned it. He's, he's going to prepare for the draft. Yeah, well, we're, we're preparing for the draft here at the center as well. And I got, I got recruiters from every branch of the service coming by tomorrow. And we're preparing for the draft because these boys ain't going to the NFL. They're going to to fucking Gaza. We got a couple of pros on the team. All we got to do is run the ball against Kentucky and play some defense. But also at the same time, we got to run the ball and play defense against Kentucky with our six-year quarterback because no other quarterback could be trusted to hand the ball off and play defense. I appreciate your optimism, John. We're going to beat Kentucky. I'm giving Joe Milton a dozen Vortex footballs with warheads on the end of them, and he's going to be the auxiliary Iron Dome. (laughs) R.I.P. Israel. Because he won't hit shit. The people need to know on the way out, Sloth, did Mrs. Sloth make you look at it on Saturday night? (laughs) Yes, the fuck she did. That did you, hoe, it, did that, you quote eat it with a spoon? Yeah, that 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 hoe has been so quiet since she came home. She she didn't say a goddamn word, and that 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 hurt more than anything. She was just but I'm quiet. better than you. Yeah, yeah, she was so not. It, it pisses me off. She's got a whole drawer of national championship <laughs> shirts. In her fucking wardrobe. Seth Seth thought that was going somewhere different with her drawer. Yeah, I did. You did. I well, did. She, did. yeah, that's that's in a basket in the top of the closet, Seth. <laughs> yeah, she I mean, she knows she doesn't she didn't give a shit about Alabama until two thousand four when she went off to college and now all of a sudden she's better than me. Hey, hey, I I, I used I used Marwan's little uh, fucking expectations calculator today. She's a four out of five cat cat uh, enthusiast. If it weren't for me, so she can she can suck on that. She she's living by herself in East Memphis with nine thousand cats. If it weren't for me, so yeah, eat it. There now the jokes on who now, Miss Sloth, huh? Yeah, yeah, Who's yeah. Who's the yeah. joke on now? Stare at that. Yeah, Score prediction ever... for Kentucky on the way out. Shit. <sighs> Don't care, huh? Um, 20, 24-21 balls over the coal miners. And will that make you feel better? 
No, hell no. I, I, I'm not gonna feel better till uh, obviously till next year when number eight rolls out on the field and he does the haka and and whips that big cock out right at all. All right, all right, all right, all right. See you later, Slop. I love you. <laughs> love you too. I love you, buddy. Now we gotta roll to my best good boy Bob, my high dollar patron, <clears throat> friend of the program, one time a co-host. Bob, how are you, friends? John, Seth, how are you doing this evening? I am Excellent. doing okay. Doing okay? Just okay. Seth, how are you doing this evening? I know you're probably... I'm doing, I'm doing, I'm doing you're, great. I'm you're doing, doing great. great. I've had a weird couple of days uh, myself. Um, I watched I watched the game in, in, in sunny California with my sweet mother on my phone at the... Uh, some of the finest wineries in Napa and uh, watched, watched it all unfold. And I came with a, I came away with the game with, with a, with a, with a range of emotions. I was, I was, I was, I was angry at Josh Heupel's fourth down calls. I was, I was, I was angry at, at the refs, the blatant cheating. I was confused at the continued insistence on playing a sixth-year quarterback that can't run the offense, everyone can see it. It was it was very confusing to me. Um, I was scared. I was anxious that this Josh Heupel guy uh, he, he may be a fraud. He may be a product of lucking into a player recruited by the previous coach that he wasn't going to start and and somehow somehow lifted him to 11 regular season wins to a to a place where we're not going to be able to get him out of and it was it was a tough afternoon for me um i went back i went back to our our beautiful vrbo um located located in some uh some beautiful agricultural land um on a pasture and i was i was standing on the standing on the back porch drinking a fine cabernet sauvignon and i and i looked out in the distance and i saw i saw i saw a single cow just standing there in the pasture peaceful serene Whipping his tail back and forth. Not a Gotta keep the, the flies off of it. Yeah, keep the flies off of you. And I thought to myself, I'm, I'm upset. I'm scared. I'm anxious. And that's this beast, this beast of burden, this stupid animal out there, isn't. What can I learn? <clears throat> what can I learn from this animal? So I went out there. I went out to the field. I I saw the cow. I examined the cow, and and it was standing there in front of this of this of of this huge salt block, just totally content with his life. And I I don't know what came over me. It's 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 totally disgusting. Like why would anyone do this? But I bent down in the middle of that pasture, and I licked the salt block. And suddenly everything became clear to me. There is no reason to be angry. There is no reason to be upset. There is no reason to have any sort of angst over the season or the quarterback position. Um, 
Josh Heupel, who won 11 games last year, who did beat Bama, who did beat LSU, who did beat who did beat Florida, who did beat Clemson, is our coach, and he knows what he's doing, and he's in control, and I just need to let go and trust that man. And and I also had a realization that everything that transpired in the second half on Saturday was not our fault. Boys, the refs in the Birmingham Mafia screwed us. <laughs> and I don't think we should be afraid to admit it. I don't think we should be afraid. I don't think we should have some fake sense of honor. I think we should be have the courage to tell the truth about what happened on Saturday. And the truth about what happened on Saturday is that the Birmingham Mafia made a call at halftime. And we saw what we saw. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on that, boys. So you're saying that the refs made the decision of, hey, we are not going to let Tennessee win this game. Hey, hey, there's a fair catch. Put them have at you the four-yard line. Have you ever seen that called in your life, John? I, I, I am know not. you're a football fan. You I, watch I, I, The Shield. You watch college football. You're not a casual. The only thing I've ever seen remotely close is when the Titans – Tried to kneel the ball in the end zone, but accidentally kneeled it on the one-yard line. I believe against your Pittsburgh Steelers, if I remember correctly, Brother Bob. That uh, is the only time I remember any fuckery that even came close to the, the fall start. I was Or the uh, fair catch, excuse me. I was so confused in the stadium as I was vaulted up, despite what people say that I, I want the program to lose. I was in Tuscaloosa rooting the boys on. And everyone around me was also very confused. But... Uh, but, yeah, yeah, I had never seen that before, and I don't think we'll ever see it again. John, have you ever once seen delay of game and then the next words out of the ref's mouth are on the defense? I have seen that before. I feel like we've gotten called for that before. I have seen it before, and that's where they say that the defense is they're simulating, simulating. The, the snap. They're trying to make the offense jump off sides. It does not get called very often. But they have called it at least a couple times that I've watched football and seen it. So they're they were pulling out the most esoteric calls possible to stop the mighty big orange from from closing the deal in Tuscaloosa. And I don't think you can hold it against Joe Milton. I don't think you can hold it against Josh Heupel. Joe Milton did have his best game in Orange, and and I think I think the only thing to do now is to find your pasture, wherever it may be, um, stand there, bend down, lick the salt, appreciate these boys, and realize that everything is still ahead of us. We're still alive in the East. We're not in control of our own destiny, but this is a fucking college football season, boys. And if we can beat Kentucky, if we can beat Mizzou, and if Josh Heupel and Joe Milton and 102,000 screaming big orange maniacs can come together and believe for four hours and defeat Georgia, a few weeks now in, in, in December, John, you, Seth, me, Sloth, the rest of our beautiful community, we'll standing. We'll be standing on top of the stack and pack, looking over to Mercedes Benz. It's true. It's true. Having a delicious white 
a delicious cocktail of white claw vodka inside of white claw seltzer. Oh God! All it, takes to... is, all it takes is us beating Kentucky, beating Missouri, and Lane Kiffin of all people doing us a favor, and then a hundred and two thousand rednecks can bring us home against Georgia. You've laid it out there, Bob. It sounds delicious. Absolutely no reason to give up on the season. We should rally around these boys. We should support these boys. And you know what? Joe Milton is not Hendon Hooker. It's fine. Joe Milton is not Hendon Hooker. There is no sense in denigrating Joe Milton. There is no sense in ruining the vibes. The boys, the boys read the posts. And if you don't think they do, you're a boomer that doesn't understand the power of the internet. And I think we need to rally around the boys. You're saying it's now time to support these boys. I mean, pine tree emoji. It's always time to support these boys. We should have never stopped supporting these boys. (laughs) It is time to support the boys. Lock in. We're headed to Lexington. If you live within four hours of Lexington, you're not there on Saturday. What are you doing with your life? It's now time to ball up. According to Brother Bob, if 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 you live within four hours of Lexington and you are not inside of Lexington, Kentucky on Saturday with a ticket to historic Kroger Field, um, I think we need to reserve you a cot in the uh, in in Big Orange Sloth's Manhood Refugee Center. And uh, I love you, boys. Uh, I'll 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 give way to the rest of the callers. I love you very much, my brother. You continue to lick that salt, Bob. You continue to lick that salt. Let's grab Davey. Davey, you're up next. How are you, Davey? Let's see if you can figure it out. Last week you didn't hop on. Let's see if you got it. John, I'm not fucking good. How are you, John? I'm okay. I'm okay. I am going to fucking explode. Bob just made me almost eat a bullet. Bob almost made you eat a bullet. Okay, let's talk through it. Let's talk to it. Okay. Okay. So first of hold all, on, hold on, I want. I gotta get my ice. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I gotta get my ice. Okay. Let's talk through it now. I want to know and, and put me in the put me in the the center. Put me in sloth schwitz, whatever we're calling it now. What in the sloth world sloth. makes anyone think that we're gonna go to? We'll win at Kentucky. Kentucky's fucking terrible. We're gonna win that game. Okay. Missouri averages thirty four points a game. We've scored more than 20 against one SEC team this year, and it's 2-5 and five South Carolina. Is that true? Is that the only yes. game we've scored more than 20 points against at SEC? SEC. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, God, I guess that doesn't make sense. What the fuck are we going to – how does anybody think we're going to roll into Faroe Field? We know the wind's going to be blowing 50 miles an hour, and it's going to be 14 degrees for some fucking reason. <laughs> And we're just going to go in there and win with Joe Milton? Well, it is going to be really cold. You are right about that. It's always cold up there, John. It's always cold. It's always cold. I I saw it firsthand one time, and I had to put socks on my hand to try to survive. I just, man, I just, all week, all I can think about is... Going into halftime of twenty to seven, and then Joe coming out there in the press conference after the game and talking about his fucking wristbands, man. <laughs> the wristbands have set me off the edge. Fill the audience in in case they don't know what you're talking yeah, about with the wristbands. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So after the game, they asked Joe how they come back from adversity, 
and he says, man, we've got these wristbands on our left or right wrist, you know, the two options, <clears throat> and they say, take a deep breath. And we look at those wristbands, and that's how we overcome adversity. That seems like a lot of words for a wristband. That, that, that was my thought when I saw that quote was like, wow, that seems like a lot of words for a wristband. I'm thinking more like live strong. He doesn't care at all that we lost on Saturday. He was just up there chewing his cud like all the fucking cattle are right now. Up there, oh, man, everything's great. We looked at our wristbands. We got dicked in the second half, but, man, it's all good. I'm Joe Milton. I got my name on the billboards. Davey, you're being a little too negative. Uh, put me in the center. I'm over. I'm tired of pretending like, like, like being like this is any fun. Like Seth says, it's not. I'm not having a good. This has been. I hate this team. I've never hated a Tennessee football team worse than I hate this team. Okay, I I think that's a little too much, buddy. Even I think that's a little too much. It's too much to say this is no, the team you hate the most. No, it's not. The way they've underachieved so just miserably. They've only they've only underachieved so far by one game. They were nine-point underdogs at Alabama. Like, they didn't underachieve by losing that game. Now, did they look terrible in the second half? Yes, they looked terrible in the second half. But that was not a game that they were quote-unquote supposed to win before the game. So Okay, I'll, that, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. But you were up 20-7 to seven at halftime. Well, the, the math changes. never yep. lost when he's up at the half or whatever, right? Is but, that a real stat? I, I didn't see that. Yes, I was he was like 22-0 or something when he was leading at the half. Oof, I didn't know that. Okay. Well, yes, you are right now one game under where you're supposed to be. I, I will give you that. But And when you're up 20-7, to seven, you're supposed to bring that game home. But you heard Bob. The Birmingham Mafia put the call in. There's not much we could have done. The refs were out to get us. Moo. Moo. I, I mean, whatever, man. I just I love you boys. I, I just need to just scream at somebody for a minute. I'm, I'm, I'm out. Love you boys. Well, like I said, it's a therapy session, so I appreciate you hopping on, Davey. Uh, Davey just completely dropped off. Bob wants back on. I'm sorry, Caleb. You're up next. Bob's uh, Bob. Bob's one of my best good boys. Let's see what he's got. Bob, you're. What's up? I mean, did I, you forget I, something? I, I I didn't forget something. I just wanted to make a a a, a quick rebuttal to Davey and uh, an appeal to Davey, and just and just and just beg Davey, save yourself. Save yourself, save your mental health, save your sanity, and just and just find the pasture. Sit down on the pasture. Just think about and appreciate everything that we have right now. And I want you to lean over. I want you to I want you to lick the salt block. I want you to lay back. I want to. I want you to look at the beautiful lady vault blue sky, and and I just want you to smile and be content and be happy, Davy. Um, that's all I want for you. That's all I want for all of the Reese Ranch Patreon.com slash Reese Ranch listeners. Um, there's no reason for this for this level of acrimony this week. We are we are on track to the second best season in 20 years, and. Um, <laughs> 
and I would love more recognition of that. I just, I would just love some better energy. The boys feed off of your energy and we have Kentucky this week. So um, that's all I have to say until I request to speak again. Love you guys. <laughs> I love you too, buddy. I like that Bob knows he can just hop in whenever he wants. All right, Caleb, I told you you're up next. What's up, Caleb? Sorry to keep you waiting so long. Nice move. Now you're keeping me waiting. I, I, I like the move. Our newest patron, Brother Mikhail Levrinovich, is listening live. He's a very handsome man. No, no, I know. Mikhail is very handsome. He listens to the radio, so he's a very, very handsome man. He's extremely handsome. He's I'll, extremely handsome with a beautiful hair. I must be honest. I love Mikhail, but the first time he was tweeting me, I was like, is this guy a bot? Is he real? Because I was like, <laughs> he is so handsome with a name Mikhail. I was like, am I being trolled right now? But no, he is what a real a person. He's a man. Yeah, no, he is. 100%. And yeah, like I said, whenever I saw his app, I was like, this can't be a real person. Caleb, are you there? You're also handsome. Caleb, you've been requested to speak for 15 damn minutes. Going once. Going twice. All right, add a speaker. Let's try one more time, Caleb. Are you there? Yeah, what's up, brother? All right, what's up, guys? Um... Appreciate the uh, the content uh, going, fellas. Um, I guess for me, I've really been thinking a lot about what exactly the like why the fan base is so uh, has this undying, unconditional loyalty to Joe. Um, I like to hear y'all's opinion. I mean, I, I don't know. I guess it's probably been talked about nauseum, but it seems to me that I guess because you know this fan base, I feel like previously has been pretty hard on quarterbacks. Like going back to I don't know forever um you know like you can think of crompton getting like uh you know talking about how he got death threats and you name it um i've really i guess i've i guess probably in my opinion what's going on is uh this fan base i guess probably takes shots at milton um and they feel like we're taking shots at uh hypo which i think you know to the most part we are but it's not that we're wanting you know hyper get fired or anything but it seems like it's more an infatuation with Heifel than it is with actually Milton. Um, I don't know, like, no, that's a, that's a really good question there because yeah, I mean, this fan base was ready to crucify Jared Garantano. I mean, like this fan base, I won't say everybody because you did have some people that defended him blindly and like Garantano wasn't perfect, but like he was very, very, very hated. He had to deal with a lot of venom. He still is. Like people will still like tweet about him. Yeah, and, like, I, I was thinking about that earlier this week. Like, I don't know if he'll ever come back to campus or at least, for like, the next, like, 10 or 15 years. Like, I don't know if he'll ever come back. And, you know, that's kind of sad because he is somebody who's, you know, I feel like loved being a ball. And, like, you know, Seth, you talked about it yesterday on the podcast, cried after beating Kentucky. And, like, oh. you know, he, he, yeah. he just stayed yeah. in behind no offensive line, just getting absolutely fucking wrecked. And just kept getting, getting booed. Up. Yeah, and kept getting up and getting up during booze. And like, you know, his dad a couple of times was like, hey, stop, you know, let's not boo. Like, let's 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 be positive, let's be fans. But for the most part, Garantano never said anything. And the level of venom he got is what, a hundred times worse than what Joe's gotten? And you you are right about that. It is it is very, very strange. And I don't think it's because people have like learned their lesson or anything. Is it as yeah. simple as like we're winning games now because like we're five and two and like Garantano was never five and two, but at the same time, 
you know, the schedule, like Jared Garantano would be five and two against the schedule. Most likely. Jared Garantano, Jared Garantano has done something like the, the win at Auburn is magnitude more impressive than anything Joe Milton has done. Yeah. And yeah, I will no. say, I will say that losing to Georgia State was worse than anything Joe Milton's done as yes, well. Yes, for sure. Just to be fair, True. just to be fair. Yeah. I, it's mystifying the love and loyalty to Joseph Milton III, who, like, I mean, he seems like a nice guy. It's like, the, it's mystifying. I mean, you see people talk about how he gets it, he gets it, he gets. It's just, it is absolutely mystifying to me. I think probably you're right. I think it's probably loyalty to Heifel more than anything. But people like, but people is, like that, Pruitt at that time too, though. Like now, granted, he never delivered us an eleven and two yeah, season. Yeah, but he wasn't like. But he's also there, like in the previous regime. So I guess people still view him as yeah. a glitch. And, and the the uncommon fan writes in. He says JG threw a hissy fit on the sideline at Atlanta. He did. That's true. And Joe Milton supported Hooker for two years. So that that's also fair. That's fair. That's fair. That's, that's very fair. Um, and that's, that's, I mean, like I remember, I remember people like. <laughs> I remember chant, people chanting in the student section for Dormandy to start over Dobbs. Like, I remember that being a real thing. I, I guess, like, my whole thing is that, yeah, like, I feel like um, – and I don't know if it's partly because of – like, I feel like our fan base kind of has taken a step back after after Dobbs left uh, and we had really, really poor quarterback play. Everyone, like, you know, there was – like, everyone is constantly talking about how much we miss him, how much you took him for granted – and so I don't know if there's just like the pendulum has swung back to where, okay, like we can't be too hard on our quarterback now because you know people were people like were hard on Dobbs and look what and and you know look what you know it can get so much worse, um, which is crazy to think about. I mean, um, but I feel like you know because I I've thought a lot about like seeing all the tweets that you guys are replying to and comments like um, and like even my friends like. What about it? What about it is Milton? Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just it, it seems like it's more in defense of Heupel than it is of the quarterback Milton. Um, but yeah, that's I don't know. I just I've been thinking about that. But uh, appreciate the time, fellas. I'm so loyal. To, first of all, I love you, brother. Love you, Seth. You're you're a fantastic human. I'm so loyal to Josh Heupel that I want him to bench Joe Milton. Right. Right. To him, that I want him to do the right thing because if if Josh Heifel ends up being an awesome coach, it would be so cool because he's such a good dude. He's so likable. He's just an average, yeah, you know, he's just an average-looking dude. He just seems like a normal guy. It would be so cool. He loves his kids. That's why I want him to play Nico because I want him to succeed so bad. Yeah, like I was, like I, I, I tried to get mad after the A and M loss, and obviously, like I wasn't happy about it. But seeing that it was video a of him, a win, a and M win. Yeah, but like seeing him, seeing him react and like laugh with his buddies about how like he mucked it up and it was 1985 and like he almost like messed it up or whatever. Like, I was like, man, like he, you know, we've had coaches in the past that would just be completely like, you know, talk like I don't know. It it just seems so relatable. He's a normal um, person. Yeah, he's a normal right, person. Right. It was a normal reaction. It wasn't him acting like he's too smart. He said, "Hey, I almost fucked it up," because he right. did almost fuck it up. Right. And like, no, like. Everything about Heupel has been good so far, except his fourth down play calling. His fourth down play calling has sucked since day one. It sucked against Pittsburgh in 2021, and it sucks now in 2023. He cannot figure that out. But outside of that, the only thing that sucked besides that is just his affinity for Joe Milton, in my opinion. 
Right. And and I, I don't know, I was like, I don't really know what point this even is, but the quarterbacks that the only quarterback that he's really that he's that he himself has developed recruit you know recruited was Dylan Gabriel because like Drew Locke and Mackenzie Milton, which is also like in his quarterback tree that people tout, they were there before he before he arrived as the play caller. Um, so maybe he just is like, and there isn't any proof of him, you know, making a quick change. Um, which obviously those, those those quarterbacks are relatively successful, so he didn't need to. Um, but yeah, maybe. I mean, I don't know. I, 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 it just feels like it's not like he has some proven track record of evaluating and picking out his guys. Um, it's probably going to be well. It definitely is going to be more quarterback dependent um, than like we were told, which is fine. You know, it's not like you know. I think we probably were in over our skis um, with the whole you know Hendon thing because no one really wanted Hendon out of the portal. Um, and Hendon came in here to be a backup, basically. Um, so I don't know, but that, that's all I have, fellas. And the good news is, the good news is that with the portal now, he doesn't really have to go pick out his dude from high school. True. Well, also, Seth, the so far his portal selection has been Joe Milton. He hasn't got anybody else. Yeah, I know, but at least, at least. CB, well, love you, brother. But yeah, thanks, guys. From the sheer just the just the law of averages, he's not beholden to developing a guy to high school. He can just. We can just, you know, get a guy out of the portal every year if he doesn't work. Seth, uh, one in stripes writes in the orange ball. Win- the orange bowl win was much bigger than the win at Auburn. You said Gary Taylor did something wrong. better that Joe Milton you said did. This. You said this. One in stripes. That, that, that's that's incorrect. You like, disagree? Yeah, beating a non-Mississippi SEC West school on the road, which we have done so little of over the past 20 years, is, to me, more impressive than an exhibition game. We had a long streak of losing those games. I'm not saying I agree or disagree. I think, to me, it's close. But I'm also, I've also been on record many times over the years as I don't really care about bowl games. And also, like, you look at how we won that game. Garantano just throwing the deep ball to Jennings. and Garantano won that game, but also Joe Milton hit some plays, too. Like, Joe Milton hit some deep balls, too. They weren't contested Um, deep balls. They were wide-open deep balls. But they both made plays to win that game. Yeah, I think think beating Auburn – I think beating Auburn on the road, that was, like – that's a good program. That's a very good program. That's a lot better program than we've been over the last 15 years. A lot better. I think beating them on the road, yes, is more what, impressive than winning an exhibition. What I will say, and I'm not agreeing or disagreeing with your take, what I will say is that I got more excited after beating Auburn than I did winning that bowl game. For sure. Yeah. Of course I did. Of course I did. Yeah. Of course I did. So we need to take my feelings about either question because of where I live. Yeah, you live in Alabama, so I it did. means more to you. But also at the same time, so- it was a ranked win on the road. Yeah, Auburn finished seven and five, but it was a ranked win on the road, and it gave you some hope. It was your biggest win of the year, obviously, but also I just remember being much, much more excited than winning a. I don't want to call it completely meaningless, but I don't think many bowl games besides the playoffs matter. I mean, maybe I'm a sucker for the playoff or whatever, but yeah. Well, I think. To say that the Orange Bowl at this point meant absolutely zero for Tennessee. 
Yeah, the Orange Bowl did not catapult us to bigger and better, and it did not catapult Joe Milton to a season of being an elite quarterback. And as Brother Blue Moon Ball, a patrician, just posted in the Discord, it set us back a year. I think that argument can be made, too. Let's get Bob on. Let's get his thoughts. He wants to talk again. Hello, Bob. One of my best good boys. How are you? Um, I have to take offense to your to your insinuation that the Orange Bowl does not matter. The Orange Bowl was the cap off of a beautiful and a historic season, defeating a program that historically has been a thorn in our side. Many, many had the narrative that Clemson stole our program between the years of 2008 and 2022. And to defeat them so emphatically in the Orange Bowl was a was a sweet release for many of us. And and to say that the Orange Bowl doesn't matter is uh, it 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 denigrates the Tennessee fan experience in many ways. And it's it's it makes it so that if you're not in the playoff, nothing matters. And that that simply isn't true in college sports. And I I don't want to get to a place where we are totally discounting everything that happens if uh, if they're not in the playoff at the end of the day. And brother uh, Bob, brother Bob, I talk a lot and I've had many takes and I try to be consistent. I try to be all over the place. And Music City Bowl when we lost to Purdue, Butch Jones when he won the Music City Bowl. Like I've long maintained that bowl games don't matter. So like the Clemson game to me. It was nice. I always would rather win them than lose them. But, like, the only thing the Orange Bowl did was give you a night of happiness and a hope that you were going to ride that momentum to a better season. And, obviously, it hasn't done that for this year. It's not like Joe Milton became a different quarterback. If anything, like Blue Moon Ball says, it set you back because it made you think that you had a quarterback and you didn't go to the portal. You didn't get one. And it kind of solidified Joe as a starter, which is why I think that we're five and two instead well, of six and one. I would disagree. With seven your and take. Oh. I would disagree with your take. I would say that some bowl games don't matter. Um, bowl games in this context do matter. A, a a a near six bowl against Clemson University and winning that game is 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 absolutely meaningful. And and the fact that many of us, myself included, as the as the founder of the of the Milton Militia, something I'll live down for the rest of my days. Um, tried to meme this team into something that it's not. It's not Joe Milton's fault. It's not Josh Heupel's fault. It's 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 our fault. And and we need to take a step back and realize where we've been, and where we've been is the absolute shit. And a lot of people on the Reeds Ranch Discord, patreon.com slash Reeds Ranch, have mocked the idea that on, on, on January 6th, 2001, where would you imagine that the Vols were at in 2023? And, and, it is, and it is an undisputed fact. It is an undisputed fact. You can't tell me otherwise. You can tell me that last year changed the narrative. It still doesn't matter. If you would have told me on January 6th, a momentous day, that in 2023, the Tennessee Vols in late October would be alive in the SEC East race. We would be chasing 10 wins. We would be chasing a January bowl. 
you would have locked that in. Um, and I'm sure I'll request to speak in about 10 more minutes, but uh, I'll see you boys later. See you, brother. I, I just want to be consistent. I have never cared about bowl games. Never. At least not since I was five years old and we beat Eddie George in Ohio State. Like, bowl games were always kind of an afterthought to me. Maybe I'm alone in that. Maybe I'm alone in that, but I just want to be consistent. The Orange Bowl was cool, but it wasn't like you played your best team, and it wasn't like Clemson played their best team. Damn it, now we got to put Sloth back at the beginning of the line. Bob, you started a trend where we're just going to get the same four people all night, but I love Sloth, so Sloth, you're up next. Oh, God. How how great of a man is is Brother Bob? I love Brother Bob. The best of the best. I want to I want to change gears here for a second, and I, uh, Davey brought up something that, I, you know, I didn't watch I didn't watch the game real time. I was busy uh, bringing packages to the world on Saturday, so I didn't see the game real time. But I did I did see the press con the clips of the press conferences, and and my fucking god. We were I thought we were beyond it. But the fucking wristbands. I, I mean it's it's Lance Armstrong, it's Coney two thousand twelve, and it's Joe Milton the third. We 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 got our excuses are we're gonna look down at the wrist this the, these clowns need to be reminded to breathe. <laughs> It's so uncool. It's so uncool. That's maybe the most disappointing part of the season, as everyone told me Joe was so cool. I'm starting I'm starting to wonder if Joe really thought those hey dudes were telephones. Were they? <laughs> was he talking to his mother on the phone I, through slip-on shoes? Of, I have five pairs of hey dudes from halftime that I ordered that I need to know what to do with. I said I would buy five pairs if we beat Alabama. I, like Elijah Herring, thought we had won the game at halftime, and I ordered five pairs of Tennessee Hey Dudes, so I need to figure out who I'm going to give them to. You, you, can, hand, you can hand them out to, to, to coal miners leaving the, the, the mine shaft on Saturday when we eke out a two-and-a-half-point victory in Lexington and sneak out of town. Well, Slothly, Slothly, we can't score a half a point, so we can't. Yeah. Hey, uh, a uh, Joe's going to look down at the wristband and find a way, John. <laughs> Just breathe. Just breathe. Love you. Going to talk to somebody else. Hop back on here in a bit. All right. Mark, you've been waiting for a while. Mark, what's up, brother? Marky Mark, what's up? John, Seth, how you doing, boys? I'm doing okay. How are you? Well, I'd be doing a lot better. Um, look, I don't know shit about uh, Joe Milton's wristband, but I might have to slip my wrist if I have to keep watching him sail at 100 miles an hour over our receivers' heads in the red zone. Yeah. How bad was that pass to Dylan Sampson on third and goal? Jesus Christ. Holy shit, he threw it. It broke. The sound barrier, and Dylan Sampson was eight yards away on a little out route 
to the pylon. He was, I could have made the throw. He was so open. Anybody, anybody could have. I mean, <laughs> the sound barrier on it. <laughs> the lemmings in our fan base are just like, oh, we scored again, another three point. And I'm sitting there up on the moon, like just terrorizing my sister. Yep. Texting my dad, just too many field goals, too many field goals. And I was right. Yeah, I mean, and we, we all knew it because you're not gonna beat you're not gonna beat Nick Saban, Alabama and Tuscaloosa living off field goals. And and again, it's it all comes back to one guy. It it comes back to one guy that leaves points on the board every week. And it's just frustrating to me because to me, in a lot of ways, you could kind of look at this football team this year and I think as a whole, it is improved from last year. Now, I'm not talking about offensively, obviously, but I'm talking about defensively and special teams-wise. If you just had – say we averaged, you know, at least like 38 points a game, I think this team would have a damn good shot to be uh, 7-0 right now. Um, I it's just, it's just aggravating because I feel like we're punting on a season – with a down SEC that we should be taking advantage of. And we're punting it away by playing a six-year senior at quarterback who does not know how to run this offense and doesn't fit the offense and consistently leaves points on the board every week. Yeah. No, I mean, that's about as good as you could put it. And – are you as frustrated, Seth, sitting here on Wednesday as you were on Saturday, like looking towards Kentucky? Like, are, are you able to kind of look ahead and want to like have a good offensive performance, or are you just kind no, of like, no, 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 yeah. no, 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 no? Brother, brother Jonathan Toy, a patron, a tremendous human being, texted me yesterday <laughs> right before the podcast and asked me about the game, and I was like, Jonathan, I haven't even thought about the Kentucky game. I'm still too mad about the Alabama game. Mark, do you find yourself looking ahead to the Kentucky game or is it just kind of – because where I'm at, I, I, I'm just going to wait and see what happens and react. I'm not even yeah. going to, like, even give any brain power to think about what may happen. I'm just going to judge what does happen. Yeah, John, I mean, like, obviously I I expect to win because we, we don't lose to Kentucky. But, like, yeah, I mean, that what happened – Last Saturday in Tuscaloosa kind of zapped all my um, excitement, you know, moving forward because I feel like we're in a stalemate. You know, we're stuck with a guy that can't can't take us to where we want to go this season, and the SEC is up for grabs, but it's out of our grasp because for whatever reason, Josh Hopple continues to trot out Joe Milton. And, you know, they want to tell us that, oh, well, it could – you know, affect locker room chemistry if we bench him for Nico. But, you know, one thing I want to bring up in the age of NIL, wouldn't you as a teammate kind of be frustrated at a guy who's probably making more money than you to do a shitty job? You know, it's like in the workforce, you are working your ass off. You think you've earned the raise. But then the guy that's consistently showing up late or, you know, fucking up on a job is, you know, he's making more money than you. That's that's kind of where I'm looking at it. And I don't see how that would mess up locker room chemistry to make a change that benefits the whole team. 
Yeah, I think the locker room chemistry is nonsense. Yeah. It's total nonsense. Yeah, I mean, I just I just don't understand it. And, you know, it, it, that game, like, I don't want to pin anything on Josh Hopple other than the fact that, you know, he made a mistake. That's, a, that, you know, who he's starting a quarterback. But that that game felt very oddly familiar to, like, the the uh, the breakdowns in the 2015 season under Butch, you know, where we were we were leading up until the fourth, and then we just collapsed and blew it. Yeah, and that's that's what I looked at on Saturday, and I hate to admit that, but um, I still like to think that Josh Hopp was a good coach. I think he's a good offensive mind. Like you said, John, the the fourth down calls are fucking mind numbing. Can we please throw away the direct draw? Every, I mean, I just – it's never worked. I'm tired of having to see it. And um, I just I just hope that we get Nico in, man. That's where I'm at right now. I just – I want to see our five-star, $8 million man come in and, and hopefully look like he's worth $8 million. And um, You signed the number one player in the world, and you're sitting him on the bench. The number one <laughs> player in the world signed with you, Josh Heifel. <laughs> He signed with you, this chubby, average-looking, normal <laughs> dude. The number one player on planet Earth signed with you, and you set his ass on the bench. It's a way. It's just a wasted season. Yeah. It's malpractice. You have a beautiful voice, by the way, Mark. <laughs> Thank you, Seth. Thank you. I appreciate it, brother. Um, Oregon, Oregon, Washington, and USC are all about to lose their quarterbacks, probably to the first. Or second round to the NFL, just something to keep an eye on. John, I'm glad you I'm glad you mentioned that because that's something I wanted to bring up. Have you guys heard about the rumor that uh, Basilio kind of floated out today about uh, apparently USC and Notre Dame uh, maybe uh, be uh, maybe their NIL collectives are uh, contacting Nico? Oh, I have no clue. I don't listen to Basilio. I do radio at the same time. Yeah, but. Also, at the same time, like you're, you, I think you would be dumb to think that people aren't reaching out to any five star quarterback because, like, 70, I think 75% is the number that the athletic put out there. 75% of the top 50 quarterbacks every year in recruits, uh, in recruiting changes teams within two years. Yeah. So, like, those guys move around and if they don't play, they move around even more. So like, I think it'd be very naive to think that collectives aren't reaching out. Yeah. And then, you know, Notre Dame, USC, I I don't know any teams, but like I said, they're all losing quarterbacks. Notre Dame went and got Sam Hartman from Wake Forest. He would be, he would be so stupid to go play at Notre Dame. Yeah, I agree. But like, I don't don't think it'd be stupid to go to USC and play with Lincoln Riley or to go to Oregon and play with, with Lanning. Yeah, but the, yeah, Notre Dame, I would agree. But the, the U.S. the USC one scares me a bit. But uh, just uh, just before I do get off here, John, just so you know, I, I do listen to you twelve to three talk sports hey, every day. Just appreciate throw, you, Mark. Just want to throw that out there. But love um, you, brother. Appreciate you. Appreciate you guys. Uh, let me get on here. Like I said, um, hopefully, uh, hopefully we will get Nico soon, boys. Let's just uh, let's go balls and try to keep riding the wave. For the message boards, that was Mark that said that, not me. I'm not the one calling for Nico. Uh, I'm not doing that. Seth, is there a connection with the, you know, with Polynesians and Notre Dame? Because I know, you know, Manti Teo went there, obviously. Like, was that no, it was a... a huge shock. It was a huge shock when the Mormon chose to go play at the Catholic school. Okay, gotcha. Makes sense. I just said, no, uh, all I knew was Teo went there. So, like, 
if Notre Dame was reaching out, I just wanted to kind of know what might happen. But, like, they went and they poached Sam Hartman. They did that. Of course, yeah. USC poached Caleb Williams from Oklahoma, although that was a little bit more defensible since his coach went there. But, like, a whole bunch of West Coast schools are going to be looking for a quarterback. Let's grab Steven. Steven, what's up, brother? Hope you're well. Steven, the floor is yours, my friend. Brothers, how are we this evening? You know, I've been better, but been worse. How are you? Well, I'm currently watching my Spurs and the future GOAT of the NBA. And I'm frankly, I'm confused on why they're not resting Wimbayama for at least six months to a year for putting him out on the floor. You know, if if they did use Wimbanyana and just like took him off the floor for a year and tanked one more year and got him a good running mate, they might be onto something. Well, I just don't think he's ready, John. You know, I mean, there's there's a perfectly good small forward in his place, and you know, he just needs some time to get used to the play calling and or, or to. The- it is while it is while that he would be starting in year one with no experience at all. It makes zero sense to me, John. I see what you're doing here, Stephen, and I agree. I, I'm with you. You cannot put the young phenom in with no experience. That's preposterous. It makes zero sense, guys. I'm glad. Look I'm at glad his we're body. He ego. has he has no fat. He has no muscle on his body. How is he playing? He's gonna He's get gonna snapped snap in, in half. half. Yeah, I see what you're doing here. I agree. I, I like the I like the way you're headed. Let's go, John. I have been trying to do battle on the drive for the past two months since the Florida game to get these guys to, to buy in on Nico. And they, they, they're they so angry to hear about it. They're so angry to hear that Joe Milton is trash. I'm not going to call him trash. I'm not going to call him trash. But I just don't think the, I don't think the offense has been good enough this year. He went two and nine in the red zone on Saturday. That, that's very diplomatic, John. That's very well, diplomatic. Like, Look, people said all week have been taking what I've said and completely misrepresenting it on the internet and just flat out lying about what I saw on the internet. So, like, I don't want to sit here and say that I think our quarterback is trash. I just don't think the offense is good enough. I think Joe Milton, if I had to grade him for the season, I would grade him as a C- minus or D+, plus, and I do not consider that to be trash. Hmm. Seth, what do you think? I, mean, I think a D is pretty bad. I think that's trash yeah well you're well, very smart d's kept me but, eligible in college like i'm not gonna act like i'm too good for a d brother steven what was the the um the the stat you just dropped about the red zone joe milton against alabama which many are saying is his best game ever went two for nine in the red zone two for nine that can't it's, be right I, John, Seth, Seth, I watched, I literally I went back you. and watched. I, I believe, I believe, I, I believe you. I was going to say, I was gonna, what I was going to say, Brother Stephen, was I mentioned it again. The pass to Dylan Sampson on third and goal. No, when you I say two not, for nine, you're telling me we had nine red zone trips and scored two touchdowns. No, 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 no. His completion percentage in the passing, red zone. Passing, yeah, oh, okay. Sorry, sorry, sorry. No, sorry, what's okay, worse sorry, than sorry, that, sorry. Seth, is that he overthrew Jacob Warren, who was even more wide open than that, than Dylan Sampson. Yeah. The Dylan Sampson throw, like, I, people haven't talked enough about that to me. He, that that ball, it would have shattered Teflon. He threw go, it so hard. Go and back like, and watch the Jacob Warren throw. He was wide Jacob open. Was it's such an easy – the thing is, is that the, 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 the touchdown pass to the Castles 
was a harder <laughs> throw than either of those other two we're talking about. The throw to Squirrel was a terrible throw. Yes, yes, he waited forever. He waited forever to throw. The throw it. to Keaton to get him in the red zone was it? He threw it behind him. <gasps> he can't throw it. He would have been a better Steven. I'm thankful for people like you. I, I have been you on screaming at the drive for the past two months, and and Bear has the nerve to ask me today. What has Nico done? What has Nico done to deserve the, the starting? I, and I asked, what has Joe done? What has Joe done to deserve the starting quarterback? Well, what I'll say is, like, I try to be not emotional about it. And, you know, I, I try not to wait until we lose. Because when you start criticizing, as soon as a loss has come, people say you're being emotional. Mm-hmm. Anybody in the Discord, patreon.com slash Reed's Ranch, Anybody who listens to read the Reed's Ranch podcast or to Talk Sports noon to three every day on Talk Sports or on Fox Sports Radio, Seth, I told you like against Virginia, so many throws were just late. Yes, yes. Like he throws with zero anticipation. I've been saying it on here for two months. Like I, I know he has God-given arm talent. I know he has a laser rocket arm, and he got to coast with that for so many years that he throws with zero anticipation. And that's why all of these throws are so late. That's why the squirrel white, squirrel white throw was so late. He doesn't know how to throw people open. He doesn't know how to throw until, like, open, pause, pause, zip it. Like, that's how he plays quarterback, and you can't do that at this level, no matter how strong your arm is. No, it's terrible. I'm, th- there have been so many receipt, like throws this year that have been just like that, John. Would they – he he! Instead of throwing them in stride in front of them, that would have been touchdown. If he throws Ramel Keaton in stride last Saturday, it's six points because he's at least got three feet beat on his corner. But he he throws it behind him. Ramel Keaton makes a great catch, you know, to his to his credit. But he he threw it way behind him, and that's that's just the most frustrating thing to me is that it they don't make the people who are defending him do not make any sense. Well, they don't, and I've been bitching about that all week, so I don't want to bitch about it too much. Yeah. But, like, they don't make sense because, like, to me, you have to pick a side. You have to pick a side. And, like, you either have to think that our coach is smart and that he is good at scheming up plays, or you have to choose the quarterback. And, like, we have more evidence that our coach is good at scheming up plays than we do that this quarterback is good. So, like, you're, if you're defending Joe Milton, you're almost saying that you don't believe in Josh oh. Heifel. And it's just it's just blowing my mind. I get that people want to be positive. But what they fail to understand, what they do like behind their little keyboards is they post on their message boards with Vol in their name and Nealon in their <laughs> name. What they fail to realize is that if you're defending the quarterback, you are telling them that you don't think our coach is any good at offense because our offense has been below average this year. Our quarterback is, I think, 15th so far in passing grades in the SEC. At least he was before the Alabama game. I don't know where he's at this week. But, like, I choose to be positive and think that Josh Heupel is actually really good at offense. And I choose to think that the quarterback is holding this team back. But somehow that makes me a bad guy for thinking that's the case. If you, after the first two years of Josh Heupel at Tennessee, if you had told us that we would have a defense like this – of the first two years of Josh Heifel at Tennessee, we would say, okay, we're going 11-1. and one. That's, 
If you had told us that year, sorry to cut you off, Stephen, but if you had told us two years ago that at Alabama you would force two turnovers, two turnovers, one that puts you basically inside your red zone and one that stops an Alabama scoring threat, if I had told you you forced two turnovers and hold them to 27 points, we all smash the button and say deal, 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 because we expect our offense to score at least 35 points. Even Hendon's first season, because they couldn't stop Hendon year one. 100%. Hendon said we're unstoppable year one. If you had told the fans after two years of Josh Heifel, deep, this current defense is going to be – the defensive line is going to be this good. The cornerbacks are going to get a lot better. Tank's going to have a good season. You have Aaron Beasley. They would say we're going 11-1. and one. We, you know, we might slip up somewhere, but – we're probably going 11-1 and one because the offense is automatic, but it's not this year, and there's only one reason why it's not automatic, and it's not because Josh Heifel forgot to call plays. He was awesome in the first half of right. the plays. He was awesome. The play calling was awesome. The fourth down calls were bad. He was a magician, I thought, with the play calls in the first half. We've scored, we've scored two opening touchdowns against Florida and Alabama, and I believe we've combined for 22 points after that. By my rough math, we've scored 22 points in 110 minutes, and we'll just call it like 13 or 14 possessions. That's abysmal. And, like, I'm trying to be positive about the program. I still want to believe in Josh Heupel. So, like – No, no, no. Say, say you believe in Josh Heupel, John. You can't, you can't say you – say you believe. Don't say you want to. I, no, I, okay, thank you. I believe in Josh Heupel, but, like – I don't right now believe in his evaluation because I'm old enough and I've been locked in enough to remember when he thought Joe Milton was better than Hendon Hooker, and he's not better than Hendon Hooker. The moment Hendon Hooker came in against Pittsburgh, the offense started moving the ball. It was so obvious. It was so obvious. Yeah, that's the biggest frustration is is that this is a cupcake schedule from top to bottom, and we're probably going to go eight and four, maybe nine. Yep. But let me tell this is the second easiest schedule we've had in 30 years. Let me years. say this. John Reed's on the right side of history. Seth Hughes is on the right side of history. We're we're gonna be on well, the right side of history, fellas. Y'all have a good night. Steven, Steven, here's what I'll t- here's what I'll say back to that. John Reed and Seth Hughes were on the right side of history when it came to Derek Dooley. We were on the right side of history when Did it came to Bush me? Jones, and no one gives a fuck because the same people who are telling us we were wrong then are now defending what's happening at the quarterback position this year. It's like they forgot that me and Seth sat here and called it out for two years before everyone else figured it out. So be, it's like they forgot. So be it, John. Thank it. you, guys. Y'all have literally made me sane th- hearing all this terrible, like, in, in like, I, I, I can't even describe the insane, like, speech that, speech that I, I'm speechless. I'm speechless. So thank you guys for doing, uh, doing the good work. Well, thank you. Steve and I appreciate you because that actually does mean a lot because sometimes I feel like I'm taking crazy pills, no. but it's nice to know that some people out there actually can think y- y'all, y'all logically. Have, y'all have kept me from just like throwing my TV out the window or throwing my phone out the window of the car when I hear some of the takes. So thank you guys. I appreciate it. You're, appreciate you're a you, gentleman Steven. and a scholar. You're a gentleman and a scholar, though, Steven. Let's go back to Brother Bob. He wants to talk again. Brother Bob, what do you got for us? Get this Florida fan out of here. Kick this Florida fan out of here. How do you kick, kick him out? Who is it? Who is it? I don't it? know. He, some GNV brew. Get him out of here. I can't. You're a co-host. You can do it. 
Oh, I can do it. Right. Yeah, just click them and boot them. I don't, I don't know where he's at. Bob, you're up. What's up, Bob? Uh, two quick questions before I drop off again. Um, one, um, John, Seth, do you watch practice? And my second question before I drop off is if the answer to the first question is no, no, I don't watch practice. How can you say with any confidence that Nico is ready and is the better option? Um, love you, boys. That's a love fair it. question, love Bob. Takes. That's a fair that's a fair question, but what I will say is I used to go to practice. I used to go to practice back in 2013 and 14. And I swear to God, I've never seen a better practice quarterback than Nathan Peterman. And whenever I saw him play a game, and I used to watch Josh Dobbs throw balls at people's feet, and I saw him play a game, I realized that practice might not be the end-all, be-all. Well, my rebuttal to that, John, is um, Nathan Peterman is still in the NFL, just like Josh Dobbs. He ain't starting, though. He ain't starting. Josh Dobbs has been starting. Josh Dobbs is starting asterisk, and I'll probably get raked over the coals for that. Nathan Peterman got cut until like two weeks ago. He's barely hanging on. And I have nothing against Nathan Peterman. I'm just saying practice doesn't always tell the story. Practice doesn't always tell the story. You know what? I love Capaquitic, but man, our Hawks lost to the goddamn Hornets tonight, and I don't really want to talk to you, but let's go. What do you got? Are you here to talk about the conspiracy that, that, that Michigan is selling our place? I, I just That was going to be my middle section. I want you to do it tongue-in-cheek like you do the Georgia game last year that, that the rain <laughs> caused us to lose. That, that's how I want you to treat the South Carolina cheating thing. That's all. That's all. It, it's something to poke fun of. It's it's not a big deal. But, yeah, it just – that's all. That's all. You know, the Seth, did you see the football scoop report that said Michigan may have reached out I to opponents? To me, that's such a cop-out. Either say they did it or they didn't do it. Don't say they may have. <laughs> that's college football in general. They, no, nobody will just say. Nobody will say the name. I mean, like, either say they 100% reached out because, like, otherwise it just fuels all this, all this, like, all these conspiracies. Like, I personally don't think that Michigan was running this sleeper cell operation with scouts across the country going to games, this top secret thing. And then all of a sudden they were reaching out to opponents saying, hey, here's what we're doing. Can we trust you that you won't snitch on us? I find that to be completely ridiculous. It, it wasn't, but it wasn't lots of opponents. It, they were targeted to the ones that Michigan may play or may want to bounce out. So that they can well, what get the fuck the did they do this? Well, what and they the reached out to Wee Man, who's a known cheater, and and it was. Well, what the fuck did they do with TCU, Capaquit? Did they just skip TCU? Of course they did. And if you'll remember, TCU's probable run at the end of the regular season just to get in, they should have lost two of those games. They didn't call Baylor and say here here are the signals to keep TCU out. They didn't call they didn't call Kansas State and say here here's how you beat TCU. I find that hard to believe, I, I, but. It is possible, I suppose. Everything is possible. It, you, just because you can't prove everything doesn't mean it. And just, right, it, it, both sides of the coin. So it, it is what it is. Listen, John, I've heard you lament all, all week about the state of the program on Talk Sports, 12 to 3 on Fox Sports Knoxville. And I, I want to be able to help you where we are, okay? And it's, and it's a realist okay. point of view. And it's not bad. It's okay. It's, I, you know, it, it's encouraging. You just got to be a realist with it. The, the important games this year were not Alabama and Georgia. The important games are Florida, South Carolina, Kentucky, and Missouri. You're not at Georgia's level yet. You're not. Uh, and there's no better example, and this, you may laugh at me, but there's no better example for me for that than the position of tight end. 
Georgia's got three five stars. You know, we know about Browers, but Delp, they've got another guy, too, a third guy. Jacob Warren can't jump over a phone book. He missed two touchdowns this weekend. It's a glaring difference of talent. Kirby lost to Butch Jones. You got to walk before you run. The goal should be nine, 10 wins every year, second in the SEC East. That's where we're heads up need to be. 20 to 7. We were up 20 to 7 against the worst Alabama team since the year McElroy lost three games. They do not have a dynamic running back. They do not have a single dynamic wide receiver. They do not have a dynamic quarterback because they don't let him run the football. It's a, it was the most gettable game. You have two 20-year losing streaks on the road to your two biggest rivals, and you should have beaten them both. I don't give a damn about Georgia football. But you could have beaten Alabama and Florida, both who matter a million times more than Georgia football does to Tennessee. You had them both. And you gagged all over yourself. It is it is pretty much unforgivable. I love you, Seth. I can't disagree with you. Th- those were both gettable games, but none of us thought before the season at Alabama after we beat them last year. I told you last week about the Birmingham, the, the Birmingham Mafia. I like that term. I may have to start using that. I always just use the Birmingham <laughs> buzzer. Was pretty good. Um, but we, we all knew that was not going to be a. a a winnable game. It was it was less than fifty percent. All of us going into the game. So here's where Heupel's bread will be buttered: is beating Kentucky and Missouri. And that sounds pathetic, but it's the truth. And you get to nine and ten wins, and now with the twelve team playoff, you're going to be an option to be in that every year. That should be the goal until we start stacking some more top ten recruiting classes and we start getting Brock Bowers. I would love to have Brock Bowers. Me too. I'd, I'd like to have Delp. Yeah, Delp. Jacob Warren seems like a nice guy, a team leader, you know, jovial in front of the camera. He's how, he's not an bad, athlete. He's he can't how, jump. Over, he's 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 awful. How bad was when Joe escaped out of the pocket and did that little dump to Jacob Warren, and Jacob Warren just didn't even try to make that dude miss. <laughs> he didn't try to run him over. He just got tackled, man. Like what the hell? It was third down. And and Castle's a cute player, but he's he's a three star. He's a UC Day. Come on, he's not an SEC caliber tight end. I don't know. I think Castle's been pretty good. He's short. He's not. I mean, he's, he's not, not Brock Bowers. I mean, if you're comparing to Brock Bowers, he's not well, that. I think we're wasting them. If we want to be Georgia, I think he's really good. I do too. If you want to be Georgia, you got to start stacking top five recruiting classes. Listen, Kirby lost to Butch, like I mentioned earlier. There's you got to walk before you run. Let's let's but all not, calm we're down. Not, we're not we're not talking about being Georgia though. We're not yeah, talking no, about no, being no, Georgia. That's not the issue. This is two twenty year losing streaks that were gifted to you. You signed the number one player in the world, man, and he's sitting his ass on the bench. What are we even doing? Can't. Can't disagree and with you. Seth, I'm not even mad about the Alabama game. I mean, I am, but I'm not. But, like, the Florida game to me still matters so much. But also, like, the way we have looked this year matters. We have looked like shit in almost every one of our games. We beat A&M. Offensively, we looked like shit. South Carolina, we won by 22. Our quarterback had two of, you know, at least one really, really bad interception. And another interception that was, you know, a 50-50 ball, whatever. But, like, we didn't look good offensively. We didn't look good offensively for the first half against Virginia. We barely beat Austin P. It's not mm-hmm. like we've looked like world beaters and just lost in the swamp against Tim Tebow and lost to Alabama and Julio Jones. But, like, man, like, 
I don't think I've come out of any of these games feeling good about our performance. That's fair. Would would two wins over Kentucky and Missouri, both scoring over 30 points, help you at all? No, we, you're, you're saying Tennessee scores over 30 points? That's right. Do we hold Kentucky and Missouri under 20 points? We're winning both games. Close, or are we blowing them out? I don't know. I don't know. Well, I mean, like, scoring 30 points in both those games would feel fine, but, like, it, I'm I'm going to be consistent and just say, like, context matters. Like, do we get, like, pick sixes, or is our offense actually clicking? Because I want to see our offense click. That's what I want to see. Yeah, I in the I assumed it was it was offense clicking, but yeah, it's I, would fair, win, fair I, I would rather win like in twenty twenty one, where our offense is just really really efficient. We score forty five points with the help of a pick six, but score thirty eight points and like, I, I would rather have that than our defense guts out a twenty to seventeen victory or something like that. At least I would feel like, hey, the offense finally hit its groove. Maybe okay, that's wrong. But that's how I feel. If Heupel can win nine wins with this moribund team and quarterback, I, I will be even more impressed and feel like that's the that's the new floor. Okay. I mean, that's that's fair. I won't argue that. Brother Kappa, I will be impressed if we score 30-plus if Nico Iamialiava is the starting quarterback for Kentucky, Missouri. <laughs> otherwise, otherwise, scoring 35 points against these two teams is a waste because Joe's not coming back. We scored 45 against the Cox. I saw my own two eyes. They didn't have the ability to cheat for once. All right. All right. I'm not talking about cheating. I'm not talking about the hog seater. So. No, uh, real quick. No. Five of 29 from three. We'll be okay, John. But the, the major Make problem. Make some goddamn is- shots, Trey. What are we doing? I waited all year to watch you do that. My Trey and DeJounte God. were terrible. The, pro- the main problem to take away is Jalen Johnson and then Yekka are better than DeAndre Hunter and Capella, the starters. And that's going to be a major problem moving forward. Well, here's what, I will, here's what I'll say about that. One quick on the Hawks. Is I do feel like when Jalen Johnson is out there with Oneka, that he kind of mirrors what Oneka does and makes him less valuable. Mm-hmm. They need to stagger the minutes like Jalen Johnson with Capella and Oneka without Jalen Johnson. Because I do feel like they're a little bit redundant of like energy guys who can run the court and get dunks. And energy guys. I can see that, and Anyeka wasn't great tonight. So um, no, he wasn't. But I also, think he played something. a lot of. I think he played a lot of minutes with Jalen Johnson. They're kind of redundant. That's what yeah, I would they say. Jalen was great, so you may be onto something there. Love All I know is DeAndre. Oh, sorry, didn't mean to cut you off, brother Cap. I love you though. Yep, sorry to cut you off. Every my, week, my finger was hovering. All right, let's grab BMV. BMV, what do you got? He said. He said. He said he didn't mean to hit button. Oh, okay. Never mind. You're out of here. Um, let's get Clark. Clark, you're up next. How are you, my friend? Let's get him connected. Unmute down in the bottom left. Unmute in the bottom left, Clark. Bottom left. Clark, it has a microphone. It says muted. Maybe he doesn't want to unmute. Maybe he. Maybe that was an accident from him, too. Okay. Seth, do you feel like I'm too negative? No. No, these are lemmings that are getting mad at you, John. No, I mean, like, most of the people I don't care about, to be honest. Most people I don't care about. And, like, there are a lot of idiots that think 
that I succeed more when the team is bad. And that cannot be further from the truth. That cannot be further from the truth. Like, I want Tennessee to be dominant. And, like, it's in, in a weird way, I expect more from Tennessee than these weirdos do. John, my, my, my earnest suggestion is do not read the comments. I, I usually don't. I usually don't. Which I know is impossible, but I, I was reading those tweets earlier, too. No, these typically people, I – Typically, I don't, and I get enough positive reinforcement that, like I said, typically, I don't care. I am a little thin-skinned, but that's why I usually just don't read, because, like, I'm not trying to argue with everybody, but, like, some people are just so fat, you know, so patently wrong that, like, it drives me crazy. Like, the people that think I benefit from us being bad and that I want us to be bad, that does bother me, because, like, I haven't seen them in Tuscaloosa. I didn't see them in the swamp. We were both there rooting the boys on. We were. I wasn't there rooting for a loss. I was there rooting for us to win. I spent so much goddamn money rooting for us to win. And like, I don't think I'm unreasonable. I was pretty patient with Jeremy Pruitt. If you remember, like we weren't, we weren't really, we were, we were trying to give Jeremy Pruitt the benefit of the doubt. Until it was just obvious, like, hey, he sucked. Yeah. So, like, it does that, – that's the one thing that does tilt me when people say that, like, I am rooting against the program. Because to me, that is just fucking asinine. Trust me, in radio and podcast, we make way more money. We still ain't much, but we make way more money when the team is good and people are excited. That's the only thing that bothers me is when, when dumbasses say stuff like that. I want Tennessee to be good. It's good for me if Tennessee is good. And I'll also say, to put our takes, my takes, since Seth doesn't consider himself a media member, but like put my takes over the last seven years up against anybody in town, I guarantee you might have been more accurate and better and more researched and reasoned. That stuff does make me mad. That stuff does make me mad. We are wide open in terms of speakers if anybody wants to hop on. It's been about an hour and a half. This is around closing time. It is night 25 of my spooky movie calendar marathon, Seth, so I'm fine to go put on a movie whenever. But I will say, like, we're here if anybody else needs to vent. Let's get Sam. What up, Sam? The floor is yours. Hit that unmute in the bottom left, brother. Yeah, I just uh, forgot about that part. How are we doing? No, you're good. You're <laughs> good. Hope you're well. Uh, I just wanted to say I feel like um, a lot of people are either like all the way doom and gloom or, you know, taking Bob's lick the salt block cattle approach. Everything's fine. We're peachy keen. Um, and I'm more of like a realizing that it's nice to be upset about where we're at, um, but at the same time still being upset about where we're at. Um, do you guys feel like there's more of a space for a middle ground, or do you feel like it really just needs to be more of like a there's no reasonable you know amount of acceptance for where we're at? No, I mean that, that's a fair question. Like. I'm not – look, here's the thing about me. 
and I, and I truly feel this way about myself. Like other people might not agree and that's fine. But like, I really don't feel like I'm trying to convince anybody how to feel. What I do is I tell people how I feel. If you want to be positive, be positive. Yes, I've had fun calling people cows, licking salt blocks. But like, ultimately, if you're happy with five and two and you're happy with the way the offense is played, I'm not trying to tell you you're wrong. Like, if you want to say like, hey, yeah, it could be a little bit better, but it sure could be a hell of a lot worse. We've lived through a hell of a lot worse. That's fine with me. That's fine with me. Yeah. I'm personally upset because I look at the schedule and we haven't beaten anybody, but also at the same time, we've lost, we haven't played well. We haven't played good in a lot of these games. So like that bothers me. And I do see potential to play better. And I do think we should have beaten Florida. And quite frankly, I should have, I, I do think we should have beaten Alabama. When we're up 20 to seven, but like, I'm just here giving my takes. The people who argue with me on Twitter, Sam, I don't go in their mentions. I don't find positive tweets and say, you're an idiot. People find my tweets and then argue with me, and then I argue back. Like, if you want to be happy, be happy, brother. If you think if you think five and two is okay, not saying you're excited about it, but if you're saying, like, hey, it could be worse, I agree. We've seen worse. But at the same time, my personal opinion is that we should have beaten Florida and that the second half against Alabama was pretty damn bad. And we haven't looked good in most of the other games either. That's my personal take. No, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly that it's been frustrating like watching this team just because, I mean, some people would say that we're hasty to be like, oh, well, last year was so great. Let's do that again, you know? Um, but I feel like, if you did it last year and then your defense is better and it's mostly a scheme thing, I don't know why we would expect steps back. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's just kind of frustrating because it's like, even if you're of the um, belief like, Oh, Hey, beginning of the year, like five and two, like, would you be mad about that? It's like, maybe not at the beginning of the year since it's like Florida and, uh, Alabama. See, see, well, but... see, that's where I disagree, Sam. Is I think everybody preseason was said, said you could not lose to this Florida team. I think that, that was pretty much understood. Everyone thought Florida sucked. We're going to be at least touchdown favorites, and we need to win that game. That was a yeah. pretty much a universal take. Now, if you tell me that like people said nine and three would be okay, sure. If we get to nine and three, quite frankly, I'll be okay. I'm not going to be mad at nine and three. Now, I will say that like, hey that's not that successful of a year if you go nine and three and don't get Nico any reps, but like, it's like I'm going to be beating the drum that we're in bad shape. My problem is we're three and a half point favorites against Kentucky. We're probably going to be underdogs against Missouri. Like we're still staring at eight and four or seven and five. Like those things matter to me. Yeah. And, and I think the way that we get there is frustrating, you know, because I, I think I agree with you. Like I, I, did misspeak whenever I was saying like I was just wrong saying that Florida would be an acceptable loss um but like getting to nine and three and losing to Florida and the way we did and then losing to Bama and the way we did with like such a like it was very achievable like each of those losses should have been wins like it's it's frustrating to me and and I don't I don't think that I can really be like oh well it's okay because you know 
Well, Parker like, Pruitt. Sam, Sam, like, I'm not even going to say Alabama is an unacceptable loss. Like, if you tell me we lose in Tuscaloosa, I'm okay with that. We've lost in Tuscaloosa most of my life that I remember. Like, but it's it's losing in Tuscaloosa with a 20 to seven lead against a team that's not as good as they have been, but also like it's not looking good in any game. If we lost in Tuscaloosa but be, but scored like 27 or 30 points against Texas A&M, I would have a drastically different outlook on it. But it's the fact you scored one offensive touchdown against Texas A&M and that you couldn't hold a 13-point lead against Alabama or like at least score in the second half against Alabama. Because quite frankly, had our defense just like given out and got absolutely killed in Tuscaloosa and like we lose like 13 to like third in the second half and blow that lead, that would be easier to take than us scoring zero points and giving up seven. Like it's all those things combined for me. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. I think I'm more on the fence than anything else, but I definitely feel that frustration that that you feel and that Seth feels and. Honestly, a lot of the Discord feels. Uh, Patreon.com slash Reeds Ranch. Um, So that's all I really got. Thanks, fellas. Um, God bless. Appreciate you, Sam. Love you, brother. Let's bring Sloth back on. Good call by Sam. Sloth, you're up next. Hello, Sloth. Hello, John. <clears throat> Good to hear from you. Yeah, it's been a while. Listen, John, I've I, I've dropped a bit. I'm 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 not. This is this is uh, this is sloth anymore. Don't dox yourself. Don't don't. Uh, I don't yourself. I don't, don't give a yourself. shit. I I'm I'm now I'm now I'm down in the mud. Oink oink fucking oink. I'm down I'm down in the mud. With these human drool cups on Twitter, they 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 are shoving fistfuls of crayons into their mouth right now, claiming that my brothers, my brothers John Reed and Seth Hughes, are on are on living on some other planet. It, it really it, it it it's boggling my mind that the guy that stood on the steps of the university and saved us from sheer disaster is now is now being attacked for being on the wrong I'm I'm being accused of white knighting for you. Well guess what motherfucker? I'm in a white suit, I'm on a horse and I've got my spear. I'm out there. I, I am. I am a white knight for John Reed. I'll die for John Reed. I stood on the sidewalk in Florida and looked at my brother Ryan. I said uh, we're we're about to fight for John Reed. Yep, yep. Here we go. G- yeah, Sloth. I love you. I appreciate you. I don't need the accolades. Yes, I did save us from Greg Schiano. That's true. That that's fine. I was on the front line. Yes, I've given more content to this goddamn fan base than almost anybody over the last seven years. It's true. But you know what? If they need to turn me into a villain for saying like, hey. The offense isn't clicking the way I hoped it was. That's okay because there are plenty of people like you and the hundred people who have been in and out of this space, the people who have called. Like I'm not insecure when it comes to uh, my standing because there are a lot of people who say thank you, John. 
Thank you for everything this, you've done. Thank you for the takes. This moron on Twitter that has Harambe's IQ. It, I mean, just making up things in his own brain that you have said that you have claimed. Well, that's 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 a whole other story. It's, it's bad. He's got Shane Beamer as his picture on Twitter. This guy goes home alone at night and eats a, a Domino's pizza by himself and plays Xbox. He doesn't even have a family. He can't even make a picture of his family huh. as his well, Twitter hold on, hold on, avatar. Hold on, Slav. I don't, I don't really have a family either. This has been a lonely Josh, life so Josh, far. You have this, a fucking family. You've talked about it many times. You do times. have a family, yeah, John. Yeah, what, what, are, what are we, John? Hold what, on. What am I? Yeah. I am your brother, John. What about Dominic Toretta? That's true. That's true. That's true. And I can bed women if I want to, so that that helps too. That, that, that's good too. I appreciate that. Functioning ice maker. Well, you know, it's time for a refill. Every Wednesday, I just fix me a a vodka, or two, or three, and then I talk to you guys on Spaces, and then I eventually put on a scary movie and go to sleep on the couch. That's typically what I do on Wednesdays. But I'm here for the content. And like Slav said, you would think I'd get a little bit more goddamn respect because there are, I, I would say there is nobody. There is nobody in the fan base that's given more content over the last seven years than me. But I don't need the accolades. The real ones know that. And I'm okay. I will say that I do get mad when people take what I say and completely just fucking make up stuff. That's been a little uh, annoying this week. Saying that I've said things that I haven't said, that does bother me a little bit. And that bothers me when people say that I'm rooting for us to lose. Because again, motherfuckers, I was in Tuscaloosa this weekend. I was in Gainesville earlier this year. I want us to win. Business is better if we win. So that stuff does bother me, I will say. Quote, claiming that Hypel is on the same path as Dooley and Pruitt, and he sees it before everyone else. That's been posted now? That's what people are saying? Quote, claiming JG is a better QB because of one good game against the fifth best team in the East that year. Holy shit. We're still on this. Like, it's it's an SEC game versus an exhibition game. Auburn is an extremely good program. Swap, I didn't even fucking say that. That was Seth that said that. Quote. I didn't even say that. Quote, I still like him and Seth, but some of those speakers – are just dudes in their 30s distraught over the QB. Yeah, no fucking shit! You fucking <laughs> retard! Guilty! 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 Send me to jail! I am that guy! I'm 37! I'm distraught over the QB! He sucks! Just, but that's what I'm talking about. I never fucking said anything about Auburn. I specifically said... I don't agree or disagree with Seth. I don't know which one I think is more important or bigger or whatever. But motherfuckers on the internet will run and say that I said stuff that I never said. Anyone listening to this space knows I never said that beating beating Auburn was better than these, I went out of my way dudes, to say it. Well, I don't these know. dudes haven't seen their wives naked since their honeymoon. They are nothing. They are so lonely and depressed. They sit at home and they listen to spaces that they claim to hate because they're lonely well, that, and they wish they had friends. 
Well, I do find that to be a little weird that people that I do find that to be a little, a little weird that the people who don't like me want to like reply and tell me they don't like me. You do you know what I do sloth when I don't like somebody? I fucking ignore them. I pay them no mind because I'm a normal, rational human being. But I digress. This isn't a pity party for John Reed. John Reed is fine. I'm not this is not a this is not a pity party. I swear to you, John, this is a true story. When we were walking, when we started the march in Gainesville, you know my brother Ryan. Yeah. yeah we started yeah. the march from the tailgate, and right as we kicked it off, there was a group of tail Florida tailgaters that popped out and wanted to start talking trash. And it, I talked back to him. You did. You on behalf of the boys. Did. You and and our brother and our brother Jason, uh, they, uh, his well, his wife, his beautiful wife, his got wife, yes, in. Me and his wife went to war. They went to war, and Ryan and I looked each other. Next, we were standing next to each other. We looked each other dead in the eyes, and Ryan said to me, "I will go to war with John for John Reed." And and you know what? I'll take it. That's all I need. It, it is, it is, it is, there is something to be said about the community you've created and what, and, and the fact that you have put your reputation and your career, your livelihood, you, you've, you've laid it out on the table and you've made the entirety of all nation stare at it. Sloth, I love you, brother. I love you too, John. And I, I, I will stay up all fucking night <laughs> watching these morons drool into the cup and shove the crayons up their ass so that they can feel good about the fact that they're lonely and they're eating black box dominoes at home. Whoa, whoa. I love black box dominoes. You know what? You're out of here. Cause you're, you're, you're talking about a lot of things I like. <laughs> And I don't have a family, and I like Black Box Domino. And, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I, I would like to think, Seth, that over the years we have built up enough equity, but it is crazy the moment that people don't line up with what you're saying, all that goes out the window. I know all that. Sad. All that goes out the window. And it is crazy to me, but it's fun. It's fun because here's what I'll say. I'm out in Knoxville pretty much every weekend. Not every weekend, but pretty much every weekend. I get many people that come up to me and say, hey, big fan, appreciate what you do. I've yet to get one person come up to me in person and say, you know what? I don't like you. You're the worst. No one does that in person. And until someone comes up and says that to me in person that they don't like me, they don't fuck with me. They don't think I do a good job, and they got a problem with it. And until someone does that, I'm going to keep doing what I do because more people like it than don't like it, and that's the way I feel about it. Anyways, we got a couple of uh, more minutes if anybody wants to hop in, and I hope that people that have actually been listening know that I do not say the crazy things they say I say on the internet. That's been a while to me this week. Somebody earlier this week claimed I said that six and six and nine and three are the same thing. To which that Saturday night too. That was I, went, I went back and listened to the audio, and the conversation went exactly like this. 
my co-host, Cody McClure, who I love dearly, said Tennessee can still go 10-2. and two. And I said, yeah, and they can also go 6-6. Six and six. But in the grand scheme of things, to me, 8-4 and four and 9-3 and three are not that different. To me, what comes down to the season is do we get reps that make us better for 2000, 2024? That sneeze, and, buddy? Well, yeah, I did. I, I'm trying to hold it in. But, like, somehow that turned into me saying six and six and nine and three are the same thing. Me saying that nine and three and eight and four aren't that different if we don't get reps for Nico. But it is what it is. It is what it is. Let's grab Bob. Bob's back in the front line. What's up, Bob? John, Seth. Bob. I'm not sure if anyone's uh, requested to speak to close out the night, but I'd like to close out the night. Logie's up next, but you're fine. You go right ahead. Well, I'd like to I'd like to start to transition out to uh, peaceful slumber with some positivity and uh, okay, lick that salt. Well, home, John, first I would be I would be remiss to not say that we do appreciate what you do. Those that know you, I don't. I don't need. I don't need that. I don't need a thank you. I don't need a thank you, but I appreciate you. I love well, you. Well, you know. I don't need that. I'm not fishing for John, thank you. I'm not, I'm not thanking you so much as I understand that you are a public figure and certain certain Tennessee fans who have less emotional intelligence than, than you or I or Seth or Brother Logie um, will project their anxieties upon you. Um, that's your burden to carry in life. Um I don't thank you for it, but I do. I do acknowledge you, John Reed. I do acknowledge that you carry that burden. Thank you, thank you. Um, and I, I just kind of want to level set things and 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 look ahead rather than behind. We've done a lot of looking behind tonight, but there's still a lot of season to go. Um, we do have Kentucky in front of us this weekend. We are going to beat the hell. Big Mark Stewart. We're gonna beat we're gonna beat the shit out of Big Mark Soups like we do as we always do, um, and if we don't, you may you, you you may hear a different tone out of me next week. I may come out of the pasture, but for now, I take another hit of the salt, and um, I'm thinking we beat Mark Stoops this weekend. Call it thirty-four to thirteen. Um, oh wow, blow it! It's gonna get ugly if we don't. <laughs> Listen, it's going to get ugly for Mark Stoops, and if it doesn't, it's it's going to get ugly for other people. But we can deal with that on uh, next week's um, X.com spaces. Um, and I just try to keep the perspective that, you know, we're going to finish up strong. We may be 10-2. and two, We may be 9-3. and three, But if you would have told – if you would have told baby John Reed, baby John Reed in his diaper shaking his rattle – um, in the playpen in 2013, if you would have told baby John Reed that in 2013, Butch Jones would be alive for an SEC championship in, in, in Halloween time and would go nine and three, you'd lock that in and Seth would too. And I probably would too. Good night. I love you boys. I love you so much. I would say the SEC sucks, but whatever. Whatever. Logie, you're up next. Hello, Logie. How are you, friend? Hey, John. Hey, Seth. It's good to hey, talk buddy. to you guys. Hey, brother Logie. Um, yeah, honored to be uh, possibly the closing call here. It's always great. No, we got one more after right, you. Right, Sorry. Right. <laughs> that, well, I'm just saying we got one that's, 
Well, I'm just saying we got one that's already yeah, yeah, requested. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. I was just, just yeah, let you know. Thank you. Um, got a couple things going on tonight. You know, I've said it before, but there's nothing there's nothing new to be said about this. Um, but my my biggest takeaway in the last really 30 minutes of listening to you guys talk is, John, I, I hope that you realize how brother Alex Jones and brother Gavin McInnes feel <laughs> when the media comes at them and says that they say things that uh, right. they don't say. I'm going to be honest. No, I, I do. I, I, I never realized, Logie, that I was such an outsider, but I guess I am. And you know what? If it's just me and Alex Smith against the, or me and Alex Jones against the world, I will. Uh, I'll just take that, I guess. Well, fortunately, John, you ha- also have me on your side, so I'm happy to. Thank happy you. To help. That's all I Thank got, you. boys. I love you guys. Sleep well. I love you so much. Logan. I love you guys. Bye. Good to hear from you. Good to see you. I appreciate the kind words. I really do. I don't want to sound like I need them, though. I'm not asking for them. I appreciate them. I love them. It's just been wild to see. And, like, I know people don't like me. I get it. I'm brash. I'm weird. I'm a little bit of an asshole online. That's fine. I I get all that. It's just been crazy to me to see how bad people are listening to radio, though. That's been the most surprising thing to me. It's getting accused of saying stuff that I clearly didn't say. Let's grab the sheriff. Sheriff, right now you might be the last caller of the night, so make it good. John, Seth. Love and appreciate you. Hope y'all having a good day. Hey, love you, brother. Uh, I guess for my weekly scream update, finished Screen Five last night. <laughs> okay, what'd you think? What do you think about the new cast, the new blood? Uh, am I creepy for being attracted to Jenna Ortega despite her being like twenty or twenty-one? No, we'll give you a pass. She's no. so fine. She's so fine. I love her so much. You would do her right. I love her so much. You would do her right. I love her so much. I love her so much. She's my favorite actress. I'm personally a fan of her sister. However, Mm? uh, nice call. Nice call. She's she's hot too. uh, I liked her in In the Heights. That's another story for another time. Um, I will say, I I think I want to have to rank it for the first five movies. I'll have it second behind the original. Oh wow! So you go one five, okay? Yeah, most I'll go people go one, one two five, but that that's okay. I got two as my. I favorite. think I might agree. Okay, um, fair enough. Then we got six next week. We'll get to that. Uh, anyways, focus back on the game this week. What has been y'all's expectation for Saturday? I, I mean, I'm positive it's a win, but how, how much are y'all expecting a, a win by? I mean, I, it is wild that I do agree with you. I think everyone expects it to be a win, despite the spread only being three to three and a half points. Like, that's kind of wild for us to say, hey, it's an automatic win. But most people think that. As far as what to expect, I honestly have no clue. Seth, do you have any, like, game script in your head or score in your head? I got to be honest. I'm surprised that so many people just assume we will win. I, like is, you said it's just simply Kentucky. And, like, this might be how Florida fans feel about us. It might be. But, like, I've never really entertained that we're going to lose to them. I haven't thought about the game much at all. But do you think we're going to win? Yeah, I would say so. Because we stopped the run pretty well. Yeah, I'm sure y'all would. Like, what they'll be. I mean, I, I don't know. I, yeah, I, I do. It's Kentucky. It's Kentucky. 
I wonder what they're saying on their message boards and all. I, I don't know if they feel like they got any kind of momentum coming out of their bye week, but I know last time we saw them, uh, they were getting crushed and pummeled by Missouri. Uh, so I feel like they know their place. I feel like in order to beat us, Leary would have to have a game of his life, which I'm not anticipating, but, you know, never know. They, ex- they expect to get drilled, don't they? Yeah, from what I've seen is that they are kind of bracing for a loss and they kind of know that they're not any good this year. To me, the biggest problem about this game is if Tennessee does lose this game, it's because, like, the defense and the run game have failed. And, like, that's been the one constant for this year. So I really hope that the defense and the run game do not fail. Uh, Stat line predictions for Joe Milton. Over, (laughs) under, 149 passing yards. And uh, over under 49 and a half rushing for Brother Joe. I do think the rushing is going to be about 50 yards. So I'll say slightly over. It, w- it was nice to see him actually run against Alabama. That was nice to see. Like me and Seth have been begging for that since the Florida game. Like, hey, put your shoulder down. Let's run. Let's pick up some first downs. It's kind of crazy that it took until game seven, six to do that or seven to do that. But I'll say over on 50 yards, and I'll say over on passing yards, too. Now, whether or not that equals touchdowns and a lot of points, that's a different story. Um, so I will say, I don't, I won't say I have my clown makeup on this weekend, but I feel like I got a red nose. Uh, I will be traveling to the game this weekend. So, oh, wow. Okay. I put my um, 2 and 0 road record on the line for it. So I feel okay. Smart. About- it would have been um, nice for you to put your 2-0 record against Alabama. Maybe brought us some good luck, but whatever. That's fine. Well, you were going, and I didn't want to mix the vibes up too bad. I'm taking a lot of L's on the road. For everybody that thinks I like us losing, I've been spending a lot of goddamn money to see us lose games we're supposed to win, but whatever. One last, last thing before I get out of here. I feel like I might have been the only person to realize or think about – I don't think James Pierce played a snap in the third quarter. Did y'all re- recognize anything, or did he get suspended? Or I don't know the exact snap count. I know that I saw him on the sideline a lot in the second half, but I'll be honest, when you're in person, it's hard to pay attention to stuff like that. But I did see him on the sideline a lot. Seth, do you have any idea what the snap count was in the second half? No, we talked about it yesterday. Yeah. He, did, he was not playing in the fourth quarter. I have no idea why. I don't know. Uh, it, the I mean, there was – the A&M game, he, he, like, kind of didn't play for a while, too, right? I mean, it's just kind of mystifying the rotation that they have. But, again, not to criticize Rodney Garner, I just think that your future top 15 pick needs to be out on the field in the fourth quarter. Anything else tonight, Sheriff? That'll be it. Give me a score prediction. I'll, I'll go down for uh, 31 21. 31-21. 30-27, 27-24. I feel like this game is always close in Lexington. So, if we win by two scores, I'll be thrilled. But I don't see a two-score win coming. Appreciate you, brother. Later, buddy. All right, Seth. Appreciate you. I'm going to wrap this up. Thank you for all the calls. Thank you for all the listeners. Love you. Talk to you later. I love you, buddy. Bye-bye. See you, bud.